This is Inspiring Minds, a podcast focused on thought-provoking conversations between VSB students and our world-class faculty. This is Angela Lane, MBA student at the Villanova School of Business. I'm here with Peggy Chaudhry, a faculty member at the Villanova School of Business, and Mike Kaufman, a senior VSB student. The paper that we'll be discussing today is on movie piracy, so I'd like to figure out how um, you came across the topic of movie piracy. I have been using uh, movie piracy as an example in my papers for the last three decades. We have a tremendous size of exports of the movies from the U.S., so it is an industry that gets a lot of press for piracy. And I've also seen a significant change in the technology available. So we've came a long way from people going into movie houses and using their camcorder and taping a movie and uploading it online to the current situation today where consumers are easily video streaming movies from all over the world. And what's really interesting is you'll sometimes even see that the pirated movies are out before the real movies actually are reaching consumers. In the paper, you discuss five factors that influence consumer complicity. Can you give a brief overview of these five factors and whether your initial hypothesis gravitated towards one over the other? When you look at the counterfeiting literature from an academic sense, a lot of us do look at what they call idealism. This research came out in the 1980s from Forsyth, and we used an idealistic versus relativistic attitude to test that construct to see whether consumers across our sample, which were Brazilians, Russians, Indians, Chinese, and people from the United States, if that would be a factor. We also looked at the concept of collectivism in terms of sharing, because it's digital content, it's, it's very easy to share, uh, where we started to create our own template on factors with, was with hedonic. Now, I know for myself, if I'm in a tourist area and we travel all over the world, but most predominant tourist locations will have a huge counterfeit market. Now, if you think about that, that's hedonic. It's simply fun to do that. Now, when you get into the digital environment, you start thinking about whether the consumer is enjoying that experience to finding the best place for them to video stream pirated movies. And there's also what's called a distancing effect. Consumers know it's illegal, but they feel that it's online and the likelihood of them getting caught is low, which is actually a fallacy that I write about in my paper. Now, whether they have an ethical concern, I personally feel, and I've wrote about it in my papers, that yes, we should safeguard the intellectual property of the movie industry, but I think when you start talking to consumers, they don't see that they're hurting the movie industry and they also don't see that they're harming the people that work in that sector. So I find the ethical concern 
to be kind of a problem area. And the last one that we looked at was perceived quality. And if any of you have video streamed a movie, you'll notice that there's been a significant change in the quality of the movies. From your findings, there's a number of implications for marketers to tailor their messaging strategies. Where would you suggest be the first place a marketing department in the movie industry should start to ensure that movie piracy is decreased? This is actually an area that I'm currently working on, and I actually teach at Villanova School of Business with both my MBA students and my undergraduates. I actually show them an array of what I call demarketing strategies. So I'm trying to get consumers in my classroom to think of ways that companies can actually limit the consumption of this type of illicit good. Mike was in my class last year. Maybe he could talk about what he thought would work as a consumer. Mike, go ahead and uh, tell us about some of the demarketing strategies that you've learned in class here. Some of them tried to address the ethical concern, but they did so in a clunky, tacky, outdated sort of way with a 90s R&B hip-hop artist trying to appeal to younger generations and say, don't do this, it's not cool, man. That did not work. We took it more of as a joke. We didn't honestly believe that somebody could fund something like that as a serious thing. The idea to develop the ethical concern amongst consumers, especially millennials, is certainly an avenue towards demarketing, though, that I believe would be successful if employed carefully. I believe that most millennials and most people who pirate don't believe that they're hurting individuals, they're hurting a faceless corporation. However, the reality is that these are individuals working in this sector, individual artists, producers, screenwriters, directors, and all the hundreds of other people who work to produce this content. These are the people that are getting hurt, and if we can create real connections, that might go further to create an ethical concern. I'd like to add to that one of the strategies I show students is the fear of getting malware. And when I show them that ad content, that always resonates with my students because there is a fear of getting a computer virus when you start going onto the internet and downloading your video streaming this digital content. The other campaign that I find really interesting as a consumer myself is the United Kingdom literally launched their Moments Worth Paying For campaign. And that's where they're trying to get the consumer to look at the overall experience of going to a movie like Star Wars, sitting in that theater and enjoying that social activity with their friends. And I know as a consumer, the theaters are also changing the whole environment. We watch Star Wars, we are in a reclining chair. I know some theaters are also offering regular food, alcoholic beverages. So they really are trying to draw consumers in for that type of environment. But again, I, I use my students at the Villanova School of Business and my students last semester told me that all works for Star Wars. But for a lot of movies, we're perfectly fine just sitting in front of our laptop. So you studied five different countries, and I was surprised to see that, for the most part, the results were conducive to all five countries observed. 
discuss the underlying factors that you believe contributes to this. It was almost like we had ended up with textbook data. So we did, you know, the Brazilians, the Russians, India, Chinese, U.S. We ran all the sophisticated statistics on the data, and it really did hold. And we wanted to call this a generic model on consumer complicity because that was always the objective of the study, that we wanted to see if we could generalize a construct like ethical concern or quality across those different consumer populations, and we did that. The only construct that we really had some issues with was with collectivism, but the rest of the five factors all hold across countries. So feedback that I get from industry is they just don't see this type of data. They don't see people going in and doing a multi-country study. Those are all my questions. Uh, thank you, Angela. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so guys. much for having us today. Yeah, we really enjoyed talking to you today. Really fun. I learned a lot. Thank you for listening to Inspiring Minds. Stay tuned for our next installment featuring more VSB students discussing research topics with our world-class faculty.